Greetings, folks. Today is Wednesday, March 18, 2015, for episode six of the DBA podcast here in Durham, New Hampshire. I'm Dave Hamilton. And I'm Shannon Jean out in the San Francisco Bay Area. How are you doing, Dave? I'm doing all right, man. How are you doing? Doing fantastic. Good. Good. I'm enjoying the, again, I'm not going to mention the weather, so, but I'm having a great day. (laughs) You know what? I've got the window. um, Ah. Well, I mean, I don't have the window actually open. This is my, my studio where, where I play music too. So I have these window inserts that block sound. And so Ah. I have the insert out and I have sun streaming in through the window. So despite the, yeah, it's, it's breezy and, and probably like two degrees out there, but uh, yeah, it that, looks yeah. nice. Well, yeah. What we'll do is we'll, we'll post uh, window shots on the website at some point. If here's <laughs> what we're looking at out the window as we're doing the show. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Kind of fun. So, yeah, yeah. so, Hey, so, um, you know, last show we talked a lot about credit cards, uh, primarily from a, uh, a benefit standpoint and, uh, definitely want to hear that show because it, it's, has a, can have a great impact on your life. Uh, one section we didn't cover was, uh, that I think it's worth circling back to a little bit is talk about fraud, uh, as it relates to you as a, a business owner and, uh, you know, the cards are super enabling to use as a consumer. Obviously, as a merchant, it's an absolute necessity that you've got to take them. Um, and, the, and the big downside is you've got to be vigilant with fraud. Uh, and the primary, primary reason is, number one, you don't want to upset people calling you that someone used their card uh, at, your, at their business uh, without their permission. But uh, primarily is you, are as the business owner, are liable for that fraud. So... Somebody spends 500 bucks with your, your business and it turns out they used a uh, stolen credit card number. The person that's really going to pay the price is you. They're going to suck that money out of your bank account, out of your PayPal account, whatever you're using. And so you, you need to put in some, some good controls to, to spot those potential fraud, fraudulent transactions. And I thought we'd talk about it for a couple of minutes. Okay. So wait a minute. I, I got to, th- th- now yeah. I'm the student on this one That's because fine. we do nothing. I mean, we, we do some stuff to insure against fraud, but again, like right. I mentioned last week, you know, we're mostly B2B. We actually are, are charging people's cards sure. internally. Right. Yeah, and you know your customers and we know our customers. Right. Yep. So we've had zero incidents of, of fraud. I mean, it would it would be flabbergasting if we if we ever did. So because of that, this is all new to me. You're saying that if some if you do everything right, you have all the protections in place that the, the bank and your merchant provider and everybody says that you have to have and you do everything right. And somebody comes in and buys, you know, 500 bucks worth of whatever from you and you ship it to them. Um and then it turns out that was a fraudulent transaction. You eat that? Absolutely. What? Yeah. Visa, MasterCard, American Express are not going to eat it. They're going to, you see all those commercials on TV about how you're protected. and yeah. it's Well, they do that on the backs of the merchant. And we as business owners are responsible for, the, the key is what you just said, uh, following all the correct procedures and this. And that's, that's what the... Merchant, you know, the, the credit card companies use as their their hammer and they say, hey, did you follow these things? And oftentimes and, and unfortunately, if you're an Internet business, which, you know, uh, it sounds crazy to even talk about it. But when you talk to some of these merchant processors, they actually will say, well, you've got their signature, correct? And I always kind of chuckle and say, well, you know, where have you been for the last, you know, 15, 20 years? Yeah, uh, right. Because, of course, we don't have their signature, but. You know, we've we've done these kinds of things, and and they typically look for a way to kind of punch and say, "Hey, sorry, you don't have this thing." And so, you know, uh, what what we do is we're very paranoid, and 
you know, we have this mentality, especially in our kind of business where we're shipping stuff all over the world and you may or may not know who your customer is. And uh, if it, especially the number one thing that we always look at is if something looks too good to be true, it probably is. If, if your average, you know, sale is $50 and somebody comes in and spends $5,000, well, you really need to analyze that and, and look at it and say, well, that's, who is this person? You know, and, and number one, like your, your customers that you know for backbeat and uh, things, you have a history with them. Well, if it's a customer you have history with, a lot of these things that we're going to talk about, you can kind of. Yeah, you, 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 know, get, a, you get your own internal litmus test yeah. too, right? Yeah, yeah that, exactly. That's right. That's yeah. right. And, and, you know, there used to be uh, a number of things that, that the fraudsters using uh, stolen credit cards or things would use, like they would place very large orders and everything would be overnight. And it was very easy to identify those kinds of things. But they've gotten more sophisticated. And now oftentimes they will place smaller orders just to kind of slip through, see if you'll ship them. And then if you do, it looks like you have a little bit of history with them. Maybe it's one of your shipping people or another salesperson that's not maybe as diligent. They will come back then and and steadily increase those orders until they get caught. And we we just had that happen uh, probably about 10, 11 months ago with a customer on our wholesale site that came in the person who's in charge of checking out each dealer and approving them was a little lax and they slowly migrated up and within a couple of weeks had a few thousand dollars worth of orders. And then we found out. And so again, you're, you're responsible. Sometimes you can catch those shipments. If you ship your product, uh, you can often get with UPS or FedEx and, and catch those orders before they get delivered. If you find them, uh, or find out they, uh, they get it. Uh, and, and so there's some very simple things the, the number one thing is, does the billing address and the shipping address match? Are you shipping it to the customer's uh, uh, billing address? And most services like authorized.net or PayPal, uh, most of those services have the, have built in fraud protection where you can identify that information and that look, okay, this guy's from Durham, you know, New Hampshire. Yep. Here's the address. Uh, that's where his bill goes. That's where we're going to ship it. And we've always had a policy for years is that, okay, we're only going to ship to the billing address of the card. And that has saved us over and over and over. It definitely can, can get some people angry that one things shipped to their office or shipped to their kid's dorm or this kind of thing. And, you know, but we've just said no, uh, because we've been burned before when we haven't done that. And an easy answer to tell your customers if they complain about that policy is that they can add as many addresses to their credit card as they want. That, and so, that's that's actually a tip for all of us as consumers is you can do that. Absolutely. If you've got a vacation yeah. home somewhere that, you know, yep. you're constantly shipping things to, you don't have to replace your existing address. Just add it to it. Yep. That's Works right. great. That's right. And, and that's a real easy thing to do. And if your customers are reasonable and they're going to have a long-term relationship with you, no problem. It's always the people that are in a rush. I have to have it quickly. have to have it tomorrow. Those kinds of things. Again, you know, go, go with your gut. And, uh, you know, it's much better to say no than it is to lose, you know, a, a, a large order of stuff that you're going to ship. And typically, if you're with a, a, a traditional merchant, they're going to send you a letter and they're going to say, 
a customer has done a chargeback because they don't they didn't authorize this charge, you're going to get that letter maybe a week or ten days after you ship. Yeah, and by then it's too late. You know, the product is gone. They they're sending you a letter saying we've debited this amount from your bank. Uh, if you can prove. Otherwise, please let yeah, us know. It's but, guilty until proven innocent when, when there's a when there's a dispute that we've yeah. been through disputes. Thankfully, I can count them all on one hand again because yeah. we know our customers. But yeah, totally. It's, you know, I mean, even if, when we had everything lock, stock and barrel, it was like, yeah, OK, well, prove it. <laughs> That's right. That's yeah. right. And, and so, you know, you 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 uh, if you use a company like, you know, PayPal, which we love, I've mentioned before, it's much more real time. I mean, usually people are getting an email when their credit card is used via PayPal or some kind of thing or, or you, PayPal gets an alert sooner. You'll get an email. You know, they're on your side. They'll help you out a little bit more. Uh, you know, I, I, I love them for that because they they truly they understand. They would never ask you if you had gotten a signature. They just. They get it. <laughs> yeah, no, they, they've <laughs> never seen a signature from anyone. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. So anyway, so. So the, what do the, you do? I mean, I think, you know, is there, I mean, other than just being diligent and trusting your gut, is there anything else you can, you can do? Sure. So like I said, uh, authorized.net, PayPal, they have some built in kind of rudimentary fraud and they have some other level that you uh, fraud uh, uh, detection that you can subscribe to and pay uh, a fee, a monthly fee. Uh, one company that we use that we really like their service is called Fraud Labs Pro. And they're at fraudlabspro.com. And they have uh, an unbelievable amount of information that they will glean for you when that customer comes to your site and, and pays with a credit card. And one of the, the best uh, little data points that we've found is the i the being able to geolocate the ip address of where the customer is is placing the order ah. and so they'll grab that ip address and you'll be able to go number one you'll set up the rules that you want to flag you know is it a free email service that's a red flag so maybe that's a point and and you set up all these these uh, rules that that add or subtract points to each transaction and then you say okay anything over 30 points i want you to hold and they will, you know, they tie into your site with an API and they will, they will hold the order and send you an alert to say this order is in manual review. Take a look at it. And so it still appears to the customer that it still appears to go through. They just tell you don't ship yet. You got it. Oh. And, and then they present you this report that it's, you know, it's, it's fantastic. I mean, tons of information again. Is it a free email service that they're using? What's the IP address yeah, what, of the person? What, what were the what were the the uh, the, the flags? And then yeah. you get to decide. Yeah, we love it. And and again, for a, a, if if you're someone that has less than 500 transactions a month, their service is free. They have a little mini you know micro program they call it. Uh, if you're doing 1500 to uh, or so, it, it's 30 bucks a month and up to 5000. Um, is a hundred bucks a month. And so, you know, it, it's, and they have larger enterprise level ones as well, but sure. Uh, the, these are one of the guys too, at some point in the future, we should probably have on and we can chat about uh, yeah. fraud things. Yeah. Uh, so it's a great service and, and, and we love it. So just, you want to keep, you want to be diligent. You don't, everybody takes a hit at some point and it doesn't take long before you, you know, unfortunately it can make you not trusting, but you have to just be diligent and, you have to know what's going on with your customers and, and where in this product is otherwise you're, you're going to, you know, your bank account's going to feel it uh, if it comes back to bite you. Well, yeah, that's it. And I mean, it, you get the wrong order uh, or a, a sizable enough order to do this. You could start 
I mean, you might wipe out your margins for the month. (laughs) Well, I will tell you a a quick story. Back in when we first started uh, one of my first Mac companies, Mac Rescue, and we had what we thought was a great order. And back then, COD was king. And you could do COD, cash on delivery, and you could request a cashier's check. And so you could ship at FedEx COD. And FedEx would take a look at the cashier's check and they would overnight it to you back in uh, a FedEx envelope. And, and I was doing this, we were working out of our bedroom and we had a large order. It was about, I think it was seven or $8,000, big, huge order for us back then. This was 20 some odd years ago. And we shipped the order and got the cashier's check, put it in the bank. And again, having not a great bank relationship because we were just getting started, didn't really even have a bank person. Sure. Uh, we got a letter about two weeks later that uh-huh. says, oh, this cashier's check is, is uh, counterfeit. So we've uh, deducted the amount uh, out of your bank, which, you know, that's like all the working capital we had. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're freaking out and, you know, I immediately get on the phone with FedEx and start screaming in this and they tell me, no, you know, sorry, we're not liable. We're not liable. <laughs> But, you know, it was one of those cases where uh, not taking no for an answer really paid off for us because we just kept moving up the ladder at FedEx and finally saying, you know, you took the cashier's check. You're you're handling the entire transaction. And and we went through this for a couple of weeks and wrote a couple of letters. And one day we got a check from FedEx for the full amount and got paid out. And it was unbelievable. Uh, and I've always had a soft spot in my heart for FedEx since then, because, you know, these yeah. guys, you know, they came through for us. Right. Uh, and then strangely enough, they, we actually got interviewed by the secret service because they were on this case. FedEx turned it, you know, in sure. much more powerful than two little you know guys working in a bedroom. Uh, and kept both my partner and I got interviewed by the secret service guys. I still remember the guy's name, Malcolm Wiley. I don't know why that's in my head, but, uh, Listen, and they, if you've if you've ever interacted with the Secret <laughs> Service, I don't care if what the circumstances are, you never forget the agency. You're going to remember. That's right. Yes, sir. And so they caught this guy. It was some young kid and put him in jail. And for years, about every three, four months, we'd get a little check because apparently he was, you know, pressing license plates or whatever it is they do in prison, making 35 cents an hour a day. I don't know what it is, but we'd get a little check that we never got you know, complete restitution, but I'd say we probably got a few hundred dollars out of it over the years. And every time a check would show up, it would just, you know, we'd be like, gosh, man, remember that? That nightmare. You know, it was, so it pays to be diligent. Don't get caught, especially when your capital is, uh, you know, is, is at stake like that. Yeah. Huh. That's interesting. Yeah. That's it I mean, it's fascinating. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's pretty wild. So, but anyway, we'll we'll post uh, uh, links to Fraud Labs up on the site uh, on the uh, at PD or DBA Podcast dot com. It's definitely uh, highly recommend checking them out and uh, keeping keeping yourself safe. Yeah. All right. Cool. So we've we've wrapped up. Well, we haven't wrapped up credit cards. We will define credit cards <laughs> as having being wrapped up for now. Yes. Okay. Yes. Beautiful. Beautiful. <laughs> so then I wanted to stop. We we talked a little bit a few weeks ago about the transition from. Uh, being a self-employed person, the person doing all the work to becoming a business owner where you had your employees doing things. And and you made a comment, which I thought was very uh, poignant about uh, learning to let go and let your employees doing things, do things their way. Well, that's the trick, right? Is it's so hard 
you, you know, like you said, I mean, you started that business in your bedroom, right? So there yeah. were, there were two of you and no one else on the planet was trusted to you, to run your business for you. Now, part of that was that's right. you didn't have anybody else that wanted yeah. to for free. Right. You right. know, but well, yeah. And most people, most entrepreneurs go into business because number one, they think they can do it better. Mm. Right. And, and over time you have to kind of go, okay, yeah, maybe it's better. But as we talk about this, Dave, I'll come, I'll swing back around to you. I'll give you a few minutes, but if you can think of an example of how you had to let go, uh, you know, that, that would be a, be great to share with everybody. Um, it, it, I think that the key is you have to give up to grow. And, and if, if you're not willing to uh, accept the fact that your employees are going to do things differently than you might do them, not necessarily worse or hopefully not worse, but, but certainly they will do them in a, in a different manner that you, that you would do. Yeah. Uh, and, and I, it's very hard. It's hard, right? Because you watch them do it. And, you know, the, the trick is learning how much uh, leeway to give someone, right? You know, how, how yeah. much do you trust? How much trust do you impart to them to say, okay, you understand the end result here. Now, you know, I'll tell you what my process is or was for doing that. But you got to come up with your own. It's really hard because if you if you let too much go. You just cratered your business. That's right. Right. That's right. And, and, yeah. and you know that. Yep. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's and my, my always concern is the message or the, uh, the, yeah, yeah. The message of, that you're getting out to your customers about your business, your, your philosophy, uh, you know, your, the, the press and all those kinds of things. I'm always very, very paranoid about what one of your employees may say, uh, or, or do that would impact that, that message and, and, you know, your, your mission, if you, if you will, that, yeah. that's really tough for me. Uh, you know, and, and what I've tried to do is coach them all in the philosophy of the business. If you find somebody that you, you're working for you, that's going to move into that kind of position. I spent a lot of time coaching, talking about why I'm, why I'm doing this. Why am I here? And uh, I've always made the comment that I, Hey, you know, I think I could probably make more, more money working out of my garage, but I love being here and I want to create this great place for our customers as well as our employees and, you know, create a great place to work at, at tech restore. We have a, you know, our philosophy is, you know, it's people first, uh, product second and profits third. And what happens is if you take care of the first two, the third one usually takes care of itself as well. That's right. Um, and if you have unhappy employees or you're micromanaging to death, which is again, a very hard thing to let go. I try to get the philosophy out there, tell them what you're, you know, teach them what your beliefs are about how to take care of customers, what the goals of your business are. And then I try to get out of the way uh, and, and then just in, inspire them to run their either, even just their own position or their department. If they have one, if they're a supervisor manager, run it like it was their own business, but they have to share my philosophy my goals, you know, that, that type of thing. That's right. That's right. Uh, yeah. And I think having that frank conversation with people, that's how I deal with it. Right. Is I just have yeah. that conversation very frankly, and that does not work for everyone. Right. And which is fine. No. Then you're not the yes. right person to work here is, is how that, that goes. We, you know, we need you got to, it. yep. But um, yeah, <laughs> yeah, which is okay. <laughs> you know, that's, yeah, it's that's true. It's true. Right. And, and I think it is, you want to give them that ownership 
you know, if you have that expectation, like you have that frank conversation you're talking about and you say, my expectation is you're going to run this like it was your own business or, and you know, usually if you get the right person in there, they'll do it. You know, again, it'll be different than you might've done, but hopefully it will achieve the same goals. Yeah. 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 Right. Well, and that's the trick is, is, is setting the expectation that you're going to review goals and review, review the outcome and okay. Did it match? Yes. Now, but, but it's not just, did I get this, you know, part fixed or did I get this, um, this ad sold? Right. It's, it's more than that. It's how did I treat the customer during that process? Right. You know, how, how did that all come about? How long did it take? Right. I mean, there's, there's all kinds of things, but, but there's some of those that, I, I mean, I call them intangibles, but they're not right. How does the customer feel? That is not intangible at all. <laughs> it's not, but it is very hard to teach that. Yeah. To, to someone, you, you know, they have to have it inside of them that, oh, I'm going to make this, this person happy or I'm, you know, this customer is very upset. So it's my job to, you know, uh, thrill them. Maybe they, we screwed up on some end, but here's how we can really take care of them. Yeah. And, and learning that and learning how to deal with upset people, which, cause you know, it's 98% of your customers are going to love you typically if you're running a good business, but the 2% make an enormous impact on the rest of your organization that you have problems with. They do. And you, you, you just have to come up with procedures and policies that, you know, usually work, but you also have to give your employees the freedom. And I forget the name of the hotel chain where everybody from the, you know, the, the, the lowest employee up to the pre, the CEO has the authority to solve problems and, and they all have up to a certain dollar amount that they can spend to solve a customer's problem, whether yep. it's the custodian or something like that. And sure. uh, I, it, it's a great idea. And that's true. Procedures and policies are great and they work most of the time, but sometimes you really have to make somebody happy and you have to do something different. Yeah, that's right. But you know, that, that 2%, those people, they can shatter your confidence and your ability to keep the other 98% happy if you're not careful. Yeah, that's true. Right. And I guess it would be not focusing on them as, as the only. You're not obsessing over. I mean, when, when the time comes to focus on the unhappy customer, you focus on the unhappy customer and, and hopefully you're doing it with, you know, the goal of, of, over pleasing that person. However, yep. we've all seen it where there's someone that no matter what you're going to do, it doesn't matter. They're going to be unhappy with you. That's correct. And, and that's, and some, but even then sometimes, you know, I mean, I, you're, I'm sure you're like me, right? You know, you started out, every customer has to be happy. And so you go out of your way, even for those yep. people to please them. At some point you got to draw the line and you do and walk away. And that hurts. It's not yep. easy. <laughs> Yeah, we talk about it all the time. We we actually fire some of our customers. Yeah, and and it's difficult. But there's certain people we we have a very nice conversation, very polite. We just say, you know, it, I, I always want to ask them if you're so unhappy with us, why are you? Why do you want to do more business with us? I mean, it, you think yeah. about it. You're coming back, but supposedly we've screwed up so bad, you know, and I will just have a conversation or one of our managers say, you know, it just doesn't sound like we have a win-win here with all due respect. Let's give you a full refund and, and we'll just agree to disagree and, and move on. But to your point, oftentimes that does not make people happy. It can actually make them more upset. <laughs> so <laughs> we're, we're going to see this, right? As, as our podcast grows here, we will yeah. get emails from, from people that tell us that they, they like what we're doing and, and okay. we've gotten a little bit of that, but we will get 
the longer emails that we get yeah. are going to be from the people that think we're doing something wrong. And I, right. I and, and I've gotten them with, you know, with the other podcasts I've done, especially with Matt Geekab, and we've just been doing it longer. Sure. And those are the emails that actually humble me more, even more than the ones where someone takes the time to write and say, you're doing a great job because yeah. you know, you, you don't have to listen. Right. I mean, and, and I, yep. you, you know, I, I hope you would like to, for those of you listening, I hope you continue listening and I hope you tell us what you like and we're right. going to help shape this show. But you know, if you really hate what we're doing and, and this is true of any podcast, right? You don't have to listen. Nobody's no got a gun to your head. In fact, you have yep. to go out of your way to find the show, subscribe and press play, right? It's not on automatically Correct. for your morning drive or whatever. So yep, you got but, it, but we'll get, you know, I guarantee you we'll get five paragraph emails telling us all the things that we should do wrong. And essentially they'll read like a business plan for a different podcast, um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is yeah. great. And I always, I, and I, I hope I'm sure some of the people that I've replied to over the years think that it's a snarky reply, but it, I, I guarantee you none. I've never replied snarkily to any of these. I've wanted to, but um, every reply is sincere and it's, you know, it starts with thank you, right? Thank you so much yeah. for caring enough about my show to do this. But you know, yeah. the reality is clear. Right. You've just detailed why this isn't the right show or, or like you said about your customer, you know, it's not, this is the wrong fit. So yeah, it's the wrong fit. It's okay to part ways, you know? Correct. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Uh, and, and you need to, you know, have that discussion once in a while or, and tell those people and, and move on and say, yeah. okay, we're not going to please everybody. And you'll go nuts. You'll go out of business trying to please everybody. Right. Uh, you know, and, and it, it, we're going to have a topic uh, in an upcoming episode, uh, talks about being on the, you know, being on the edges and being, being the niche and doing things that other people aren't doing. Well, it's, you know, that's, that comes down to the same, same thing. Same thing. You don't want to please, you want to please a very narrow section of people uh, or the population that are going to become your biggest, your big fans. And those people you want to focus on that you, you know, you know, you can please them. That's it. Right. Yeah. Yep. And just yep. keep doing everything you can for them. Yeah. 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 The, yeah. the, the one thing kind of to tie these two things together um, that I noticed when I was, uh, whenever I've run a business where it's just me uh, or, you know, me and maybe one other person, the focus on customer service from me is automatic, right? You know, they're the ones paying the bills. They're the customer I dealt with. I'm emotionally invested. And so it's super sure. easy for me. My default in that situation is whatever I can do to make you happy. Right. Yep. Once I detached a little bit um, and started putting people between me and customers and the only things I would hear about were, Hey, I'm having a problem with this customer. Can you, you know, what do you think I should do? And of course, it's always relayed to me by the, my sales rep is sometimes I hear about it from a customer, right? But I always, but it always comes back to, okay, what's going on. Right. And I found that I was less, my, my gut reaction started to become the customer's wrong. Oh, okay. Sure. I, I, I could see it. You I've know, because there. I was detached from the situation. It was like, well, who is this guy to say that you did this right? This is what, you know, we, mm -hmm, this mm -hmm. is our product. You, I know, you know what we do. Yeah, I know yeah, what we yeah. do. Right. There's right. no way we did this. Right. And, and it's, and, and I had to learn to, to kind of check that defensiveness and say, wait a minute, no, 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 wait a minute. And my, and my sales reps and, and I mean, different reps that I've had and, you know, different customer interfacing people that I've had over, over, over time will always say, well, wait a minute. You know, they're usually they're there to kind of, you know, hold me at bay, but 
I am the one that signs their check. So, yeah. you know, that, that only right. goes so far. And then it's like, well, I better agree with my boss because otherwise, you know. Sure. So yeah. it's, it's something I had to learn to be to be aware of, which was kind of surprising when I realized it just because of how my nature is when I'm interacting with the customer to just be like whatever you need, you know, whatever I can do for you. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And, and it is, you, you do have to be careful because you often, you kind of get jaded in dealing with problems because they're the ones that bubble up yep. and you, you need a way to, you know, get that, uh, to, to be able to jump into all that positive feedback once in a while, whether you're reading your reviews on Yelp, whether you're looking through emails or people are sending it to you, looking at your eBay feedback, whatever it is. And, and I encourage our, our customer service people I'm like, hey, go look at all that great feedback. You guys are awesome. Just because you you hear from, you know, the small percentage of problems that we have all the time doesn't mean you're not doing a good job. Actually, you're doing a great job. Right. Right. Yeah, yeah that's so, a good. Yeah, that's right. That's good. I dive back in. So yeah. anyway, so, uh, you know, again, moving that, that from, you know, we kind of went off on a, a little tangent talking about customers, you know, different things. But uh, going from self-employed to business owner, I, I you know, I always ask myself, you know, does your business work if you're not there and for how long? Uh, because if I think if you're moving in the right direction of where you want to go over time with your one company or another, your employees, your consultants, your interns should really need less and less of your input to run your company, freeing up your time to be thinking about, you know, what is the next thing we're going to do or, how do we do what we're doing now better? Right. And that's made all the difference, you know, for me is uh, I can drown in the minutia of running things every day. But thankfully, you know, I've surrounded myself with very good people that take ownership, that know how to do the job, and they don't need my input to do it. Certainly, like you, you said, from time to time, they come, hey, what would you do in this situation? Right. How do we handle handle this? Right. But, but you know... Uh, I wouldn't be sitting here on this, you know, uh, be able to do our podcast when we need to do it if I had to be answering emails and checking little things. So I, I think that is a measure of your success if you're headed in the right direction. Yeah, no, that's totally right. Yeah. Can you yeah. It, it, one thing? Yeah. Can you detach? Even can you detach for a week? Right. I mean, you, you know, start small. Right. Yeah, a week is a big deal. A week is a <laughs> huge. I, I'll never forget. Yeah. Um, it was, uh, probably eight or nine years ago. Now we took our first real vacation, you know, as a family since the time I had started the businesses. And, um, I remember, you know, thinking about, okay, yeah, this is going to be good because it's going to force me out of the day to day. And I had one sales rep who's actually still with me now and Jeff. And I remember he said to me, he's like, so you're not going to be reachable this whole week. We were going on a cruise and we had decided yeah. to just, you know, put the wall up and, and I mean, there was a phone number. If, if, you know, everything came crashing down call, right. fine. Right. But I even told the guys, I'm like, chances are there's not going to be anything I can do until I get back. So if you don't mind, wait until I get off the ship to call, because that yeah. way, at least I get to enjoy three extra days before I learn the world's cratering. Right. You know? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's um, right. But you know, he said, uh, he said to me, he said, well, you know, but what if I run into this situation? What if I run into that situation? And I said to him, okay, well, what happens now when you run into that situation? He says, well, I call you and I explain it to you. I'm like, okay, great. And he says, I said, then what happens? He said, well, usually you ask me what I would do. I said, right. 
and then right. and, right. and you tell me and then he tell he says i tell you what i would do and then what do i usually say he says well you usually say do that <laughs> do i that. say great That's right I said, so I, I joke it. He started to get it, you know, and, yeah, and I yeah. jokingly said to him, would you like me to record my half of that conversation? That's right. That's right. Yeah. 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 That's, that's brilliant. Yeah, it's great. And then you, we, we do the same thing. It's like, okay, well, you're, you're, you're the one that deals is dealing with the problem or handling the customer. What do you want to do? And most of the time, you know, comes back just like you would. Okay, great. Yeah. You know? And, and that, that's a sign here that you've gotten across this is how we want things handled. This is our philosophy. This is our, our mission or, you know, what I want to achieve with the business, what the customers want, you know, and, and they get it and they don't need you there to, uh, to, to do it. Right. And, uh, that's awesome. My, I, I, I oh, go ahead. Now I was going to say my big problem and it still exists to this day in, in less of a degree, but is with the technology side of things. I've always been really good oh, with yeah. computers Right. And so for me to hire someone that I could teach everything, including all the tiny little nuances of what we've done from a just from a technology standpoint to build up all the servers and everything yeah. over the last 15 years, it would cost me a fortune. Right. It's, that's right. It's part of why I get to make the money that I make. Right. Yeah, it's, that's it's, right. That's right. But there are those few things that if something really went wrong, I feel like. And it's true that, there, you know, I'm I'm the only person on the planet that would come into solving that problem, knowing where all the you know, where all the bodies are buried, right? Where yeah, where this right. particular settings file is and how that's linked up. Other people could figure it out. This is not rocket surgery. Right. But yeah, yeah. But and I've tried to document a lot of it and I've tried to pass it off. But probably three times a year, something comes up and it's like, oh, yeah, yeah well, you got to look over here for that. It's like, oh, yeah. yeah. Who, who else would have yeah, known that? That's correct. Well, that's yeah. not on that server. That's over here. Yeah, what, what are you talking about? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly. Right. That's just yeah. this little yeah. file. And, and you know, somebody yeah. would be like, dude, I spent the last eight hours looking for that. I'm like, yeah, sorry. Yeah. You know, yeah, it is. It is tough. And, and there will, there will probably always be things like that. And, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know that there's any way to get, a, get away from it, but, but you're right. Yeah. Yeah. Those sure. are the things I, that I, yes. I just, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how big, I would have to grow the company at what point it would make sense for really what would need to happen is I would need to hire somebody and say, rebuild everything that we have. Don't try to learn what we have, learn yeah. what it does now, create it over there. And you're not allowed to, you can take whatever you want with you, but I don't want to know anything about it. You know, <laughs> and that, that that's the hard part. Then you don't know anything about it, and then you become dependent and now, on a consultant or a programmer. Now I have the same problem in reverse. <laughs> yeah, that's right. that's right. I don't know what's worse. I, I don't. We could, you know, we could probably uh, over drinks have that discussion for hours. Eat a lot of drinks. Which, yeah. yeah, which is better? You know, knowing where all the bodies are buried, so you're the one that knows how to solve the problem quickly, or totally disconnecting and you know paying someone. Uh, that's going to have to fix it. And what happens when they're gone? Yeah, there's, there's, uh, I'll tell you for those of us that understand, like specifically with technology stuff, I, I look at other actually people that are far more successful than me that, that have no clue about, or very little clue about technology and, and they just outsource it all and they do great because they don't have to worry about it. But when they tell me, you know, they'll say, Oh yeah, our, you know, our, our tech team is, is doing this or that. I sit and I think, wow, either, wow, they're idiots and they're doing it wrong or man, they're overcharging you for that. You know? Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. And, and there's no way I can unlearn that. 
right? <laughs> no, no, that's just the way. That's the problem. That's the way it is, yeah, that's yeah. the way it is. Real but I, but it's not a bad thing. Yeah. Like I said, it, no. it's what you know. It's what allowed me to get here. So it's, you know, yes, yeah. yeah, that's that skill set. Yeah. Well, cool. Yeah, exactly. Well, what, what, I, you know, I mentioned interns and I want to, I want to spend some more time with them. I think we might be coming up against the, the clock here today, but, uh, I, I do want to talk about interns and what a huge benefit they can be to your company and, uh, how, how to go about setting them up and getting involved with, a, a, a some place that can provide them for you. So we'll, we'll chat about that on the next show. I want to learn about that because I, I'm terrible with that. I should do a whole uh, lot more. I have a university three minutes from my house, so I should, oh, yeah. I should we'll, be taking uh, advantage of this. We'll jump right in there uh, next time because uh, we, we've been doing it for uh, over a decade and it's, it's a dramatic, dramatic program that can really help you out. Yeah. All right. Well, I look forward to hearing awesome. about that, man. Yeah. Very good. Good, good stuff. Good. Thanks for listening. Uh, feedback at dbapodcast.com is the email address that we would love to have you send stuff through to. Uh, we have a Facebook group, too. Do you know the, the Facebook URL for it? Yep. Uh, it's just facebook.com slash dbapodcast. Brilliant. That makes yes. it easy. Perfect. Yeah. That- Thanks for listening, everybody. Thanks for, uh, thanks for all the information today, Shannon. You were, hey, this is awesome. Yeah, enjoy talking. We'll uh, chat next week. See you next week.